All right, this is Roberto. You're back with the Steampunks from Highlander Charter School. Steampunks from Highlander, please say what's up to the world. What's, what's up? up? What's up? Bonjour. This is a special edition. This is episode four of uh, of Mangu Con Salami. Mangu Con Salami. Episode four of Mangu Con Salami, who you just heard was... Uh, you just heard Mercedes Monet, a.k.a. Sasha Banks, uh, super world champion, one of the Mandalorians, give us an introduction to this podcast. Uh, so thank you, everybody who's listening. Today we have Libby with us from the Katie Brown Educational Program. And after you hear Libby today, if you want more information, you go to the Katie Brown Educational Program and they have you can see about Libby and about some of the other people who've been on our podcast. Libby, where do we find out more about the Katie Brown Educational Program? Uh, that would be kvep.org. We also have an Instagram at the underscore kvep, um, whole bunch of social media. We have, um, you know, that we're on Facebook, we're on a bunch of different things. One of the, uh, so today's focus, so I'm, I'm told that Libby is a master of sexual violence, consent, not that she's a master of performing sexual violence, I don't want to give you the wrong idea, uh, but, uh, but and yeah. LGBTQ relationships. So when she's teaching as an educator, these are some areas where she's really helpful uh, to educate. And we wanted to be educated on at least one of those subjects we talked about on our podcast so far. Um, I want to open up with Billy. First of all, shout out to Billy. Like everybody else in this group, they've had an opportunity to produce a podcast. Billy, are you excited to produce today's podcast? Yes. Okay. What is it about today's podcast that has you excited? Just talking about all of it and uh, I don't know. I'm just excited. So I want to... Oh, and uh, making distinctions of what exactly can be considered like sexual violence and stuff. Okay. All right. So it sounds like you have multiple questions because I heard your yes. first one. Your first one. Can you start out with your first one right now? What was your, what was your first question? And maybe even a backstory as to why. What is the easiest way of coming out as LGBTQ plus to someone that you like if you're both the same gender? Ooh, interesting. And I just want to clarify, make sure I'm answering all parts of this question, because I think I'd heard you ask this before. Is it coming out to that person or is it specifically, hey, I'm interested in you kind of coming out? It's a bit of both. Bit of both. So okay. it's like saying, like telling them that you're both gay and that you like them. Yeah. Because it can be difficult for both of those. Definitely, yeah. Um, that is, I love that question. I think, so as far as coming out, I think that there's so many different levels of comfort with that. I think that some people are, you know, and rightfully so, very comfortable, like, saying that right up front. Um, obviously, it doesn't always organically work its way into a conversation. And for me personally, especially because I like to kind of feel out where another person is, because, you know, if I come out to someone, um, which for me, that would be as queer, not necessarily as gay, but if I come out to someone, um, then I like I know that there's always a risk that that could be taken poorly whether that's overtly taken poorly or whether that is you know just like a little bit of side eye like I notice they're more like uncomfortable around me now and so in order to feel that out sometimes I will try to work it into the conversation in a really like small scale way like whether that's saying something like oh man last year at pride this crazy thing happened something like that sometimes that's even just visible signs that people can kind of choose to take as they will so if there's you know a pride flag on something that I own um, even something like that I feel like that's all my way of kind of like signaling to someone now if this is someone I'm interested in I feel like that can be a whole other thing. Exactly. I love all the stickers that you have. Thank Amazing. You. Um, if you're interested in someone, it's funny because I think we're not given in media examples 
um, of two people of the same gender flirting with each other a lot, like transparently. Yeah. We see a lot of cartoons, a lot of shows where people are flirting with each other um, in a straight relationship. So I think that sometimes there's almost a tendency to talk to a girl you're interested in the same way you talk to any other girl. Um, and I think that one of the best things you can do is almost differentiate that a little bit really intentionally. Whereas with a girl I'm not interested in, I'd be like, oh, I love your top, that's so cute. It's almost a practice of like slowing it down and thinking like, this is a different interaction. I don't have to interact with you the same way I would like a friend. So saying like, oh, you look really good in that or something, um, if that person is comfortable with that, just talking about, you know, try to separate it basically from the way you talk to your friends. Make it a little different, make it have a little bit more weight. You know, eye contact is a big thing for people who are comfortable with it. Can I ask two questions? Yeah. Uh, one, um, actually just one question because I feel like you just answered uh, my second question. So uh, the question that I have for you is you differentiated, you said um, not that I would identify as gay, I would identify as queer, you said. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering if everybody here, and I won't call you out, I'm not going to be like, oh, you by name don't know this, how dumb you are. That's not what I'm doing. I'm wondering yeah, though, it's actually... does anybody here not know the difference between gay and queer? Yeah, not, not everybody knows about all of the so that's sexuality. About, that's Stuff. That's about half of our group. About half of our group doesn't doesn't fully understand the difference between gay and queer. And I imagine that's probably true for our entire audience. Probably half of our audience right now doesn't know the difference between gay and queer. So can we quickly go down? I don't know if we want to go down the whole acronym, wherever you're comfortable, but can we describe the difference between gay and queer, Libby? Yeah. So um, queer is kind of an umbrella term, and it's a term that is really like dividing for people because sometimes it's also used as a slur. Um, so, like for one, I'm very mindful of like when I hear that word, whether it's someone saying it in a way where they're talking about the queer community, versus, for example, if you call someone a queer, like I would usually hear that growing up in the Midwest from like intolerant older people who are giving me dirty looks and things like that. So, um, the queer community is basically just an umbrella term for a lot of things. So, I don't identify as gay because to be gay you have to have pretty much exclusive or like central attraction to the same gender. Um, but because I can be attracted to multiple genders, I would just say queer as an umbrella term for me because that is really what's most comfortable for me. That helped me. Did everybody catch yeah. that? If, yeah. if you're gay, that means you're exclusively interested in the same sex. Right? So so that's so that's gay. Okay. I identify as queer mainly because I don't know whether I'm like exclusively attracted to the same gender. Like I'm still figuring that out, so I just wow. identify as queer so far. Well, you have now locked in as queer, so you're <laughs> queer for the rest of your life, and you are unable to change it. Or can you change oh, it? You yeah. Can it evolve oh, yeah. over yeah, time? You, you, and it's you meant can to. change because yeah. it's, it's your choice. It's what yeah. You want. Tell me more. You can change like sexuality. Tell you more. That's just the basic. Yeah, you can. You can. If it's your body, your mind, and you yeah. choose to be queer, gay, straight. Bisexual, whatever you want to be, it's your choice. You used an interesting word just now. Yeah. You used the word choose. Uh, is uh, is it is it has has it been your experience, Billy, that it's been a choice? No, <laughs> not at all. You what like you who you, What do you mean by that? It's just if you it, if you have attraction towards the same gender, it's not like you choosing and being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be attracted to the same gender. It's just what happens. If you like when you experience like a crush or something. If you feel it towards someone of the same gender, you cannot control that. 
it's like the same with other relationships. You can't contr exactly control who you have crushes on. Here's why I find that so interesting. And I see you, you, and you. I'm going to go to one, two, three in that order in a moment. Uh, why I find that really interesting is because now it's only even a little more um, of, a, of an accepting world uh, for people in the LGBTQ community. But when I was growing up, the world was far less accepting than even the little bit that it is now. And people would get killed for being gay. People would get beat up regularly for being gay. And the interesting thing is, when I heard words like choice, you didn't do anything wrong. I, I understood where your heart was. I understood what you were saying. And what, you're, well, what yeah, you were I, saying well, makes so much sense. But, um, but a lot of people used, used those words like, um, like oh, it's, a, it's an interesting lifestyle choice. And I'm, I'm like, well, why would somebody choose to be murdered? Why would somebody, if, if you can make a choice, why would you choose to be on the losing team, on the team that's yeah. regularly getting their ass kicked and murdered? So I always believed uh, that, that there was no choice, and I feel like that's what you're yeah, telling me now. There's, there's no choice. It just happens naturally. Do you think it's a part of, and I'll get to Libby for this in a second, do you think it's a part of your biology? Uh, I don't really, can you elaborate on that? I don't really understand what you mean by Help that. me out. Yeah, so I think um, there's kind of an idea that some people have that it's almost like a social thing and it doesn't have elements beyond a social thing. But we know, I mean, like if we're being honest, and I think everyone can probably relate to this, or at least most people can, when we're attracted to someone, it feels biological, right? Like we have physical feelings. Like we feel like our hearts beat really fast if we see someone we think is cute. Like that's all like physiological stuff. And so I do, at least for me, I do think it's something that's kind of written into my biology. Like I'm wired that way. Um, and I think that is pretty clear because just like you said, there are still so many areas where people are killed for that, where people are beat up after school for that. Um, there are a lot of people who are actively trying not to be queer who are. And so I think it's pretty good evidence um, just even seeing how much people can resist something and it's still like they might still feel that way on a gut level, yeah. even if they're trying to live like a straight lifestyle that isn't authentic. This is going to be a hot podcast. I can already hear the yeah. comments coming I, in. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. So I do believe it's a biological We see thing. that people, you say that it's like you can't choose to be queer. Mm -hmm. But there's people that choose to be attracted to animals and stuff like that. So, I, that is, well, I don't well, think that's, 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 but also, I want to be really careful about where we take this, right? Because we talked about, before, while we were off the air, before we were on the podcast, and we said, hey, even if this isn't something you fully understand, let's have a conversation about it because we all have stereotypes about us and who we are. And have you ever heard those stereotypes? And if you hear those stereotypes and then people start likening you to, uh, to animals or animal effers, right? Like, like it's demeaning, it's dehumanizing how people talk about us. So I, one, want to be careful to not necessarily compare the gay community. And I know that's not what you're trying to do. I know, I'm just trying to cut that off at the past so nobody else would think that. But additionally, um, I'm wondering the same thing that you are. Because I wonder if somebody ever walked by and was like, I decide, I decide that I want to uh, trick my dog with peanut butter. I decide that I want to have a romantic relationship with my dog, right? Like, so I'm wondering if it's a choice or, or if, uh, 
I don't I weigh in on that yeah. because I actually think this like almost marries two things I'm passionate about because for one thing I do think it bears absolutely no relationship to like queer dynamics I do actually think that relates a lot to sexual violence because animals cannot consent to us so yeah. I think a big difference right is that I think it is natural for people to have a bunch of different types of attraction to other people who are able to consent I would not say that being attracted to an animal who can't consent is even about being attracted to an animal. Can't believe I'm talking about this. I think that if you are attracted only to people who cannot consent, that's about power and your attraction to having control over another living thing. So, yeah. so, uh, so a question was asked and uh, the answer was given that uh, it's, here's, here's especially how it's different. If, if two boys uh, decided that they were into each other, they can make a decision for themselves and consent to each other. Um, whereas if if you were looking at your goat in a funny way, um, that is a monstrosity, that's an actual sexual assault. Yeah. Um, so Libby, thank you for that because I think that was a really important distinction. Also, thank you for your question yeah, because that opened up uh, a lot of stuff. It was you and then you, go ahead. Um, you know, for me, I try to simplify things mm -hmm. so that I can actually understand them. I, I know, we had that conversation on And I associate on um, the LGBTQ thing with like ice cream flavors. You know, I see like uh, if you're straight or just pure, really pure gay or lesbian, yep. it's like a single ice cream flavor. But if you're like a little, I think about like cookie dough or moose tracks or something like that. Yeah, if you, like if you're bi, it would probably be like the. Uh, that's why they have the different flags, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Neapolitan. Potato orange. What's Neapolitan? This was... Vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry I know what it is. I'm talking about, like, what did you... That would probably be bisexual, because bisexual... This was the most Hermione moment. This was... This was... You just gave us the most Hermione moment that we've ever had on the podcast. Tell them again the flavor. Can you say it like Hermione? Neapolitan. It's not Napoleon. It's Neapolitan. Exactly. There you go. There you go. I'm sorry, please. Uh, uh, yeah, it, like Lisa, Lisa asked what flavor, what uh, sexuality it would represent, and I'd say bisexual, because bisexual, you you're interested in both the, in the same gender, the opposite gender, and non-binary people. I, I did oh. not expect, I'm going to take it right back to you, I promise. I did not expect your point, and I got you. There's a lot of definitions. I did not expect your point to make me think about um, the LGBTQ world in a way that had me jealous of the LGBT. I did not expect that from you, because here's what I just got. What I just got is, I like the Ben & Jerry's flavor, Chubby Hubby. And uh, as, as, as a heterosexual, I feel like I only want Chubby Hubby. For the rest of my life, I want chubby hubby. It doesn't sound like a heterosexual thing because it's, anyway, sorry. Uh, so I only want chubby hubby. But now you're talking about there's all these other flavors out there, Roberto. What the heck? I'm, I'm like, yo, that's really interesting. I only like chubby hubby, but like, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. We get late night time. I'm jealous that people who have identified as queer in this conversation are like, oh, I have all these different types of ice creams and it's dope. Anyway, thank you for, thank you for bringing that back to you. <laughs> um, you know how when Billy said that um, bisexual was like Napoleon or something? Neapolitan. I'm not going to pronounce that, honestly. <laughs> it's Leviosa. Um, 
I was gonna think it was probably like you know those big barrels of ice cream with just like chocolate, yep. what vanilla and strawberry. I was gonna think that was bi or something, but you that's, know. No, that that's exactly that is actually what Neapolitan is. But I have a question. <laughs> We're on your question. Go ahead. No. So when you to reiterate, you compared Neapolitan Neapolitan. Neopoliticians to um, <laughs> Neopoliticians. Neopoliticians. <laughs> so you compared that to bisexuality, and then you described bisexuality as what was it again? Uh, being attracted to the same gender, the opposite gender, and non-binary people. Okay, so maybe I'm misinformed, but I was under the impression that it was the same gender and the opposite gender, because I assumed. Well, I, I didn't assume. People have told me that. The what you're describing is pansexual. So is there no pansex because there are so many different uh, gender identities and stuff. Like there are people who identify as gender fluid, where one day they can identify with he him, another day they can identify with she they. Mm -hmm. It's it can be like different any time for them. Uh, and pansexual is just not caring about the gender. It's just liking all of them. It's like no I matter. just want ice cream. Yeah, it's like I, I I don't care what gender you are. I like you I just, as a person. Still, okay. They don't find the gender part attractive. They just find the person that's themselves attractive. And uh, that doesn't mean that finding a gender someone's gender part of their attractive is wrong. It's just Pan, when you're pansexual, it it's, yeah, to you it just doesn't matter. Cool. So I have a kind of springing off that into gender fluid, which you described. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about that because this ties into the other question I had earlier where obviously, I don't know, I'm not that. Yeah. But it kind of sounds the way you described it, like choosing. Why is it obvious? Huh? You said obviously it's, I'm not it's like not, that. It's not, sorry, go ahead. It's, no, it's not just, exactly okay. no, no, choosing. Sure. It's not choosing. It's like how trans people they don't feel comfortable identifying like a trans girl she wouldn't feel comfortable identifying as a boy even though they were born in the body of a boy so that would be them feeling uncomfortable like that they so they would change their pronouns to feel more comfortable where it's the same thing with gender fluid like they could feel comfortable identifying with he him one day uncomfortable identifying it with with it, any pronouns but they could be yeah uncomfortable can I help you out a little yes. bit? Just because I, yes, I, I actually, am, I and if anyone has further questions about this, I do identify as gender fluid, mm -hmm. so this is a super convenient conversation to have. Right. Um, it's kind of, it's not even a choice. It's sort of like, I would almost, and now I don't experience dysphoria on the level that I would say most trans people do, so I don't want to like take ownership of that as a concept, but do you guys know what dysphoria is? No. no. So dysphoria, for anybody who doesn't know, is basically the really intense psychological discomfort and sometimes pain you can feel when your body and other people's perception of you don't match your identity, right? And actually, cis people experience dysphoria too. Really good example of that. Y'all know how there can be like burn victims sometimes, right? Like you can get caught in a fire. So if you think about it, your brain likes to have like a consistent image of you because you need that to be safe, right? So you need to be able to look at yourself and go, huh, my skin is off today. Like it's a different color. I have a bruise. I need to work. Like I need to keep off of that arm. I need to check if I'm getting sick. You know, you need to know what you look like for your own safety. So if you look in the mirror and like, let's say you've just been 
been through a fire and you have severe facial burns, your brain might go, wait, hold on a second. That's not what I looked like yesterday. Maybe that's not me. That causes people to feel things like, like suicidal, for example. Um, and so trans people experience that. Most trans people experience that, wow. that feeling of disconnect where some, for a lot of people, if they don't transition, whether that's socially, um, whether that's a medical transition, that can feel that level of like painful and discomfort and like the really intense psychological distress. Um, and so for me, I don't really get it on a really painful level and I'm super lucky for that. But I do have days where I feel like I would almost feel mentally itchy if I had to wear a dress, like it wouldn't feel right. I have days where that sounds great and I'm like, oh, awesome, amazing. But yeah. that shifts for me, whereas maybe for like a binary trans person, like someone who's like a trans woman, for example, that wouldn't necessarily shift for them as much. That might just be the way that they need to be perceived for it to reflect their identity. I'm gonna, um, I, we are rolling. This is actually a big one. So I'm gonna try to go uh, one, two, three, four. Uh, but, it, but if we can go quick, please forgive me if I interrupt and just to keep mo things moving. Um, my question is, is a trans girl a girl? Like, she's, I guess she's, um, they see her as a woman. No, because. not like that. Like, it's a, like a trans girl. Is it a girl? A boy going into a girl or a girl going into a, a boy going into a girl. And so just to clarify too, there's all different language that people feel uncomfortable with. What most people say is they say assigned something at birth. And the reason they actually say assigned is because believe it or not, and this is kind of terrifying, doctors are wrong about gender all the time. Like even with cis people, even with um, people like a lot of you are probably. Because like when you think about it, how, how do you think a doctor, if they're writing male or female on a birth certificate, how do they make that decision? Checking. Genitals. Yeah, they check genitals. I don't know if y'all ever, I'm assuming y'all don't look at a lot of babies' genitals, but they're not like super obvious when someone's first born, especially, for example, um, if they are born early, like if they're a preemie or something. Um, there's also a lot of intersex people, which means that you might have sex characteristics that are traditionally male or female. For example, you can have testes and ovaries in the same body, right? Like 2% of the population is intersex. So what that means is doctors, when they assign gender, are wrong sometimes. Um, and yeah, you can be anyway. Yeah, they're wrong sometimes. And so um, when we think about trans people, we don't really say they're like a boy becoming a girl because, you know, as far as like mentally, that person is probably a girl the whole time. It's just about when they transition um, and they don't be like they don't they're not less of a girl before they transition, um, especially because. But here's 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 what I love about your question. I love that we got to break down terms that half of us didn't know. And I would say half of our audience didn't know earlier. Definitely. And now I want to like now we can break that down, too, because if you hear hey, uh, hey, one of your cousins is a trans girl and you know that you're about to talk to them or, or meet them for the first time and you're th wondering what to expect in your head, you've just asked this question, so now you and our audience, because you asked that question, knows what to expect. And in the terms that you used, that person was assigned, uh, assigned the sex of boy at birth, but is now a girl, is now a girl. Does that work? Is a girl, yeah. Is is a girl. Or has transitioned even if they're overtly more So now you know what to expect. And uh, conversely, uh, a trans boy um, in, in your classroom is, is a boy. Um, assigned differently at birth is a boy. Uh, thank you for that question. Go ahead. So out of your personal experience, when did you find out that you were queer? 
Mm. Oh, I love that question. That is a good question. So it, it almost has layers because I think that there was like a part of me that knew when I was younger, but depending, especially on where you're raised and also just what you're exposed to, you don't always like acknowledge that part. So it was almost like something my brain would skip over. Like my absolute day one first crush was Jasmine from Aladdin. Y'all ever seen Aladdin? I don't know if y'all see like the OG. Yeah. Yo, Jasmine's movies. dope. Jasmine is dope. Yeah. Um, and so like my, that was my day one, like, oh, I am so attracted to this girl. Like in like the little kid way that we all have like little kid crushes. I'm sure, I don't know if any of y'all remember like your first crushes, whether they're like yeah. cartoons yeah. or, anybody have one? I'm curious. Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan facts. When I was a little kid, I really used to be obsessed with Prince Nabi. Yeah, um, fair, honestly, yep. yeah. And so like, we all have these different ones. For me, it was Jasmine, but I also had this understanding of like, I never had seen a queer person before. I lived in a really like, but where like, I lived in a really like rural, like part of Wisconsin, you know, I didn't meet queer people because that's not an environment where they're accepted, not because they didn't live there, but because it wasn't accepted. So it didn't even occur to me that I could do that because no one talked about it. Um, and then, you know, as time went on, I had kind of more intense like, crushes. I'm sorry, we keep having a lot of announcements. Technical uh, difficulties. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take yours right after... Okay, so I'm going one, two, three, um, But yeah, so I just, you know, I would get, develop more complex feelings, and then I started to realize, yes, this does exist, but, like, when I was younger, people talked about it as though, honestly, like, similar to the animal thing, people talked about it like it was, like, a disease or a mental illness, and so I always thought, well, oh, no, that can't be me, well, because that's, like, how people talked about it when I was younger. It's changed a little bit, I think, in Isn't some places. is that what happened to um, the guy in Queen? They said that he had AIDS because he was, he was queer. He was gay. And they like they had so much hate for him. So yeah, because there's a lot of stereotypes about that. Like all gay people have AIDS. All like all gay, gay people are perverts. Yes. While yeah. while you guys during your generation, just a couple of years ago, uh, when the when COVID started, and they were calling it this Wuhan disease, and they associated it with Asia. So all of a sudden, Asians were being targeted unfairly. Asians mm -hmm. in our yeah, streets, yeah. not even from Wuhan, China, just yeah. doesn't even just matter. It reminds us of Asian. something. <laughs> you could be Guatemalan and look a little Asian and you were being targeted, right? Like that was a thing. Because the coronavirus I was gonna say. China and then the bat and then, oh, Chinese people are stupid. It's around. And so, uh, so September 11th, uh, after that had happened, uh, people were targeting anybody from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And uh, another tragedy was the AIDS epidemic, uh, especially in the 80s. And guess who people were targeting? Magic Johnson. Anybody who was gay, except for Magic Johnson, because he was rich. Because Magic Johnson's rich, so people left him alone, and he was the sole survivor at the time. Um, so it's interesting that people have connected the dots and will blame a whole group of people. Just right. We got a lot of Latinos in this group, yeah. and there was, like, the first one in a long time, because it's some white people shit to go around and have mass shootings. This week, it was, it was I, I think, a Mexican this week. Uh, migrant. Yes, this week uh, in Texas. And so now politicians, not even regular people, like politicians are starting to target Latinos again. So it's a thing that happens. Your community's been targeted, but this isn't even historic. This is, like, right now in places that are not the U.S., can you give me an example of some of the things that are happening? Are you aware of like oh, yeah. other countries? 
Um, and not like, so for example, in especially there are a lot of Southeast Asian countries where it is actually illegal um, to even act as though you are in a relationship with someone of the same sex in public. Um, like that is something that is met with criminal penalties. There are places where it's absolutely illegal. Um, there are also, and there's a lot of variations to those laws too, because in some places, you know, and we saw those in the US, like it used to be, you know, even after they were saying, well, oh, that's not illegal, but dressing in a way that's not aligned with your gender is illegal more than one queer person congregating in the same space is illegal. Like there were lots of different laws like that that existed in our country and still exist in a lot of other the places. The people who are identifying uh, this way in this group, when we talked about it being a choice, those people pushed back right away. Those people were like, no, I never felt like a choice. It feels like it's a part of me kind of thing. So imagine it just being a part of you and just like that, you're, you go to jail for that, right? Like I think Saudi Arabia still does that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, how do you get out of jail? You just stop being you? Yes. Right, like, is that? Do you pretend to be straight? Is that so? Yeah, and this has been going on for like the longest, because not just now, but like dating back to the times around the Holocaust, not just Jews were um, targeted. Yeah. It was Roma, Slavic, homosexuals, mm -hmm. especially. You did a great job hosting our Holocaust podcast recently. Thank you yes, very much. Good job. Also, I wanna, I wanna also say that because of that, and especially as an '80s baby, a lot of, I, I didn't know a lot of gay people. Or so I thought. I thought I didn't know a lot of gay people. And now it seems like there's a lot more gay people. And, it, and the reason it seems like there's a lot more gay people is because I think the world is more accepting so people are just less afraid to be who they are. Which tells me that back in the 80s, I knew plenty of gay people. Because right now I know plenty of gay people. And if the ratio is the same, that means I, I knew plenty of gay people in the 80s. They were just scared. They were scared to come out. Like, that's a horrible, I feel so horrible that people have to live that way. What's one way? Because we, right now, right now, there's somebody in your life, whether you know it or not, there's somebody in your life who, there's somebody in your life who right now falls under that LGBTQ category. What's something that we can do? What's something that our audience can do to make things safe and comfortable for them? I know there are laws. I know lawmakers are trying to help. So what they're doing is saying, hey, if somebody in your class comes out, immediately tell their parents. Is that helpful? Definitely no. not, right? I think that actually one of the best things we can all develop a good understanding of is the rules around outing someone. Do you guys know what outing someone is? Yeah. Yeah. So, so a couple of people are saying no, so just to clarify, outing is when you disclose about someone, hey, this person is gay, this person is trans, whatever it might be, um, without their permission, which can be really dangerous for a lot of people. And even when it's not outright dangerous, it can be really, really harmful. Um, because again, especially if we're talking about someone who has dysphoria, that now means more often than not, they're getting a ton of questions from people who are less informed that are really uncomfortable. I have a friend who was outed recently um, who has been asked really awful questions that have actually turned into sexual harassment because people are asking him like about like his body and his genitals and a lot of other stuff that's super inappropriate for people to be asking him. Um, and so the rule with outing is you literally 100% of the time have to get someone's permission, basically. Um, even if you're like, oh, but everyone knows this. Doesn't mean their family knows it. Doesn't mean this one stranger knows it. Um, you have to ask that person for permission. And the other rule is you kind of have to ask yourself why you feel the need to mention it. Because sometimes it's relevant, right? Sometimes it might not be. Like if I'm saying like, oh, I'm going to the movies with my friends, I'm going with like a bunch of my girlfriends and then a trans girl that I know, why do I need to say that? 
that. Like I can just say I'm going to the movies with a bunch of girls, right? So, um, or just with people in general. Um, so we have to think about like when we're bringing it up and why. And we talked about how people are, we talked about how people are still under attack for, for this. So we, if we wanna be homies, if we wanna be allies, we have a no snitch policy, is that right? Mm -hmm. We're going on no snitch policy. Uh, what's your question? Um, I had a cousin, I still have them, but I have a cousin it's who nice was to... trans, <laughs> right? And they were completely like disowned from my family, specifically yeah. because, you know, Caribbeans, especially Jamaicans, do not jag mm -hmm. like, you know, homosexualism. I don't know how to say that, honestly. I, I, homosexualism sounds better but than Napoleon. So. <laughs> Although it sounds like, so your cousin's trans, not gay, it sounds like? No, they're trans. Okay, so trans, so not homosexualism, but transgender. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. yeah, okay, cool. But um, the family, my family kept, like, they completely disowned them, mm -hmm. outed. You mention their name, you're basically getting in trouble, mm -hmm. out, out. And I feel like there's ways to prevent it, but I don't know how. Wow, what a Is good that question. Well, that's messed up. Like, I get you don't, yeah. I get that your family doesn't like the fact, but I feel like you still gotta respect it, you know? If that's their choice. Yeah. That's their own choice. person, right? Um, they're still your family. Yeah, it's they're still the person you like, love. Like, if they're you're the parent, if you are transphobic and you have a child who is trans, you don't get to decide whether or not they get to be trans. Even though you might think it's wrong, okay? Because there's people you don't that get to make their wrong. choices yeah, about of course. that for them. So we all we all agree. We all agree. Uh, we understand. We understand that that's wrong. Um, we understand that there's better ways to support that person. We all agree. So I want, I want to take it to Libby right now because I definitely don't want to run out of time. I think this is a huge point because there's so many families that have something like this, if not this specifically in their family. Yeah, What's the best way for us to support within the family, within the classroom, and, and within our tight circles, support those people who need our support? Yeah, I think actually the situation you're describing is a great example of that. And I also just want to say, like, just for you, like, that sounds painful. That sounds, like, hard to navigate, like, a situation where you can't even bring up this person's name and everything. I think that realistically most of us know someone really intolerant. Um, and I think that most of us know someone who also just has no idea anything about LGBTQ terms, has different associations with it. One of the best things we can do is be, like, cultural translators. Like, I have all this vocabulary about this. This is not how I talk about it when I talk to my mother. One of the best things that we can do is to be cultural translators. translators. Yeah. I thought that was important enough that we needed to hear that again. Um, so that we can start to wrap our heads around and process what that actually means. Yeah. Please go ahead. So, like, if I'm talking, I might say things like, oh, like, not, like gender fluidity, like, non-binary. Like, I might use terms like that when I'm talking to someone else. I won't use those terms talking to my mother, who grew up in, like, a really rural religious community and doesn't, like, that language doesn't resonate with her. I need to put that in terms she can understand. I need to use examples and analogies that she can understand, which is kind of where I got my explanation of, like, dysphoria and burn victims. She's a very scientifically minded person so when I come to her I come to her with the science of this as opposed to like why I think like this is equitable and right um, so so much of what you can do is go to people in your life who you know don't understand this and use your understanding of how they think to help like them understand it in their own terms right because if I share a post that's like from the queer community that's not going to resonate with everyone but you guys are so smart and have all this knowledge of how everyone in your family and your community thinks you can use that and it's such an incredible way to like show up for people in your life who are queer uh, I want to get I, I want to make sure I got to your question because I, I saw you had a question earlier oh, well it's not really the same question 
That's fine. But I wanted to ask, like, when did you feel comfortable, like, coming out? Or, like, like when did you just feel comfortable being who you were? Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying because it's a similar question, but it's yeah. not the same question. Yep. Because I really, after I had my first queer relationship is the answer to that. And I had it, both of us were in the closet and we actually broke up because we were looking at each other saying, hey, this is really hard. I can't meet your family. You can't meet my family. Our friends don't know about the other person. Like, it's really hard to have a relationship that can only exist um, like when we're hanging out in your dorm room, you know, like that feels like the only time we're in a relationship and I want to feel like we're in a relationship all the time. And so that breakup was kind of part of what made me go, all right, I'm going to try to do this and like have these conversations with people in my life. Some people were really accepting. Some people were awful. A lot of people were in between, but it was when I was about 19 and it was after I had my first relationship with a girl where I was like, oh, I really feel like I'm needing to be open with people about this, like for my own sake. Yeah. Was it hard watching your crush be catfished by someone? What do you mean what? Jasmine was catfished by Aladdin. He pretended to be this rich dude. I was going to say, what? Who told you this kind of Do you guys not agree that Aladdin was catfishing yeah. Jasmine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%, 100%. I kind of feel bad for him because he did it in a he did it in a good intention, though. Like, he wanted to impress her because he likes the girl. Didn't you see That's the why movie? everybody catfishes. That's the <laughs> same reason. <laughs> Didn't you see the movie, the way he talks Disclaimer, about Disclaimer, this is not a good reason to catfish. <laughs> the reason that he talks about I feel bad for I feel bad for Aladdin Sleeping Beauty but he also kind of underestimated her because he was like oh she's not gonna like me cause I'm poor she's not gonna like me cause I'm not royalty he didn't give her the chance to decide that at all he just assumed that about her yeah Billy uh, I'm sorry I'm sorry I went sideways Billy go ahead does does the kiss in Sleeping Beauty can it be considered sexual assault because he kissed her without any consent without yeah she was asleep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What did she like? And I also am just super suspect of like, how is that the only way to wake her yeah. up? Like, and I feel like that's a complicated and situation. Wasn't there you got like a, a major? Wasn't there like a major age difference between them? Like, I'm pretty sure well, the prince was in his like his late twenties, and she's in her teens. There is a major age difference between virtually every Disney prince and princess, and that I feel like we need a whole other podcast for. But that goes yeah. into a lot of stuff. I, I know I took a I know I took a left turn into cartoons with catfishing, but I also. But also, if we were going to talk about consent, I do think it's important that we at least agree, right? Somebody's sleeping. You have no relationship with the person. Oh, that's is it sexual assault? Or somebody's sleeping and you have them? a relationship with the person. Like, maybe well, wake hold, them up first. Hold on. Yeah. Those are two different steps. Because let's get there, right? Yeah. So somebody's sleeping. You have no relationship with them. You kiss them. Are you called Prince Charming? Or are you called uh, a pervert, a sexual, uh, a sexual <laughs> assaulter? But here's, here's my further <laughs> oh my question. God. Here's my question. Are you Prince Charming or are you a sexual assaulter or does the difference rely on how good looking you are? Oh, no. Or Not at all. Just doing it uh, yeah, I feel like they got this one covered. <laughs> it doesn't Wait, depend on how good the, you look at all. The prince didn't know her at all. Did you know Barely. Well, yeah, well, they met in the woods, right? Like one time? That's yeah, and then so like once when they were like, when she was like first born or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I met you as a baby, so oh, it's all right. You. I was like, <laughs> eat breastfeeding. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so and then you say, kiss, you took it to, what'd you say? I'm sorry? True love's kiss, though. It's true love's kiss. Does that make, like, does that make like, a difference? It's so creepy. Nah, she just assumed looks 
I feel like it depends more how you act as a person, not looks. Because your looks is in addition to it, but it's not like the main thing. Because if yep. you're dating somebody for looks, like that shallow is all Here's, yeah, that's I, yeah, I that's believe, shallow. But would you date the most hideous person on earth though? I depends on their personality. I feel like your no, most just, hideous saying, person on earth though, and my most hideous person on earth are probably different. Different, yeah. Also, also, we've all heard the term love at first sight. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you love each other at first sight. That means that at first sight it worked out and love built up, right? There's no way the if you think of the person that you love the most in your life, and it might only be one-sided. And it might so true. So true. Especially one-sided if Shorty's asleep. Seriously, doesn't that lead to like stalking and stuff? So we all agree. If it's one-sided, we we all agree that just because you met somebody as a baby, that. That it's still sexual assault to just yes. to just roll up and kiss somebody who's sleeping in the woods, um, and then you said, also if you know them. So let's say you know someone, and you plant a wet one on their mouth. You just kiss them right on their mouth. Um, is that different? So I think that, like, obviously, if you're in a relationship with someone, you can, like, spontaneously kiss them, depending on, like, what your boundaries are with that person. I do think a lot of people's boundary is probably don't kiss me while I'm asleep. And I do definitely, like, if we pivot that to, like, actual sex, 100% know while you're asleep, no matter if you're yeah. in a relationship or not. Yeah. That is, I mean, actually, and believe it or not, that is the number one question I get asked when we do consent education. All my students go, well, what if the other person's asleep? Like, what if they want you to have sex with them while they're asleep? And it's... Is that different? You all got to talk about first. I'm going to wake them up. Well, either way, no. Yeah, because you do got to wake them up. Because either way, no. Because your asleep brain and your awake brain want different things. If you say yes to something with your awake brain, you're not capable of imagining how that would feel in your asleep brain, right? That's like me saying, like, oh, I consent um, to do this on, like, April 25th of 2026. I could have just had a burrito that day. I don't know yet. I don't know what my day is going to look like. I don't know what I'm going to be up for. I can't consent in one state of mind for something in another one. So yeah. if if you wake your partner up first because you're frisky in the middle of the night and your partner Why gets... Why are we using just the word? Do it yourself. Wait, wait. Frisky was the gross part? <laughs> do it yourself. Yeah, I mean... You said, you said. Okay. Oh, my God. So, it, like, okay. what if you were, like, frisky in the middle of the night? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? How dare you turn me you. into a valley girl? How dare you do this to me? Frisky. <laughs> but... My point is, there's a difference if you're both Randy in the middle of the night. The point was, the point was consciousness. The point is consciousness. Okay, okay. Here's here's something that somebody said Monday while Deshaun was on our podcast. Uh, Monday while Deshaun was on the podcast, we were having a similar conversation. And I was talking about the difficulty because consent is not a new concept. We've always known what consent was, but applied to romance it's used differently now than it has been in the past. It used to be known, if you listen to old R&B music, you're supposed to you know, find a partner that you like and then, and then you eventually, eventually you just kiss them, right? R. Kelly's on some different stuff. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not even going down that hole. We could talk about that tomorrow. Uh, we could talk about that tomorrow. Um, but when you find, if you're having a romantic moment, you go for the kiss and that's how you, that's how you know. So. Apparently, you know, obviously times have changed. And I'm at the point where, in my adulthood, I, I ask. I say, I, or I notify, kind of, like a notify questioning kind of thing. Like, hey, I'm feeling like this right now. I'm probably going to do um, So, So this is where we are right now. Everybody understands the importance of consent? Do you guys agree? Yes. Yeah, 
Okay, but uh, but there, there are some generational differences. Mm -hmm. So somebody my age came into the room while we were having that conversation the other day, uh, and I asked her, how does she feel about this? Because there are some mixed messages. Some people think that that ruins the mood. So I asked her, I said, how does this work for you? If, if you are feeling it with somebody and you haven't really kissed before and they want to kiss you, should they stop and ask you to kiss? I want everybody to understand. It's a different generation. It's my generation person. She said, no, she doesn't want them to ask. She says that ruins it. Now this flies in the face. This is not, I'm not trying to educate you on that's what to do, but I'm trying to say, please understand that there is a conflict and some people feel differently. We all understand, you all a moment ago said, we understand consent is important and that's what we understand. But also there are some conflicts and some people do it differently. How, how, do, we, how do we cross that bridge yeah. when it's two people coming from two different sides of land? I feel like in a couple of ways, the first being that you always give more leeway to the person who needs more boundaries. And so like if I have a partner who is like, oh, like I just kind of want to kiss you whenever and my boundary is like I need you to ask, like because I'm the one that has more of a boundary, like I, we would default to me in that scenario. Now there are some people who are like, I don't want you to ask to kiss me, I want you to just go for it. That in and of itself, like if you don't want to be asked, great, you only need to be asked one time and then you can establish in your relationship like, oh, I'm fine if you just go for that. But like that's also about respecting like, hey, like what is someone's mood like right now and making sh like it's basically being invested in does the other person want to do this too. Please note that when you show up to the 10 year Highlander reunion because you kissed somebody and had their consent now as a freshman, when you show up to the 10 year reunion, you can't just walk up and kiss them. Consent isn't forever in that way, even though but but in the duration in the in the duration of that consistent relationship yeah, like you can establish consent. norms you can say like oh this is what consent is going to look like for us you always need consent but consent in your relationship it doesn't have to be verbal if you have had a conversation about this is what nonverbal looks like for i'm gonna us. go uh i'm gonna go one two i want to get to this question so they have to be fast okay oh, oh is that okay do we yield go for it so how many times should you ask consent if y'all didn't have that whole conversation of whether you should, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm allowing you to. Also my generation, you're supposed to be persistent and like, if you fail, hey, are you again. sure? Wait, wait, are you good? Are you good? Wait, 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 wait. Let's just make up sure one and more time. Exactly, you're okay. and that's the thing is that I think there's like a misconception that this is really inorganic, and it's not. Like in reality, like anytime, whether it's like kissing or anything else, like people who do it well, like are checking in, whether that's verbally or non-verbally, whether that's like, hey, like, do you like this? Does that feel good? Like that is stuff that people ask each other. That's common, right? Um, so. If you are in a relationship where let's say you, like it's not about asking like, are you sure, are you sure, are you sure? It's also about making sure that you are like doing things like, hey, how do I react to a no? Uh, when someone tells me no, am I being cold and awkward and like punishing them for it? Or am I pivoting? I'm like, okay, great, let's go watch a movie instead. Let's go for a walk, something like that. Like it's about not just like getting a yes, it's also about like making sure that people are comfortable saying no around you. Go. I was gonna say if it was better to ask beforehand, you know, like saying like, if I just kissed you, would you be fine with it? But I rem I remembered what you said about different mind, mm -hmm. like different mindsets and at different times and stuff. Would that still apply here or? 
like asking ask, beforehand kind of thing? Yeah, asking like a few days beforehand or just like whenever saying, if I just kissed you out of nowhere, would you be fine with it? There's a lot of ways to do it. Like there's a lot of like, even like if you like are talking about a scene in a movie and you're like, did you like this? Did you think like, were you into like the way that this happened and gives them an opportunity to say, oh, I don't like that this person didn't ask or whatever. I do think it's just safer to ask, right? And then if it per turns out that person is super turned off by you asking, then you've established that. You can figure out what that looks like for you. But I would personally rather someone be like, oh, they asked for consent, rather than, oh, that person made me feel like frozen up and unsafe. Please stick around for a quick photo after. Uh, everybody can find more information about Libby and the Katie Brown Educational Program at the Katie Brown Educational Program's website and their social media. Billy. Okay, first question. Can you define demisexual? I was unaware of what it meant until like very recently yeah. where I asked a friend to define demisexual. it. Demisexual. Yes. yes. So demisexual, and there's different spectrums of this, but demisexual means that you cannot be like physically or sexually attracted to someone without having an emotional connection first. Yeah. Um, that's mostly what it means, but I do want to just like preface with all of this vocabulary. This doesn't exist, like even terms like bisexual, which can mean really different things to different people. It doesn't exist to like put people in a box and say this is technically what you are. Those words exist because people have experiences that other people consider like divergent experiences and there aren't words for us. And so the words exist for you to find the ones that make you feel the most comfortable. Everybody, yeah. uh, I don't have time I, for I, it. I Google, Google divergent. Billy, go ahead. Uh, so here's the second one. I once asked my parents how I would know whether or not I like the same gender. And they said that I would have already known if I was. But I figured out I was queer in ninth grade, AKA this, this year. Hey, congratulations. So Thank you. So obviously that isn't true. Mm -hmm. Like I asked this when I was like six. Yeah. I'm 15 now. Uh, but is that a stereotype about the LGBTQ plus community? Because I've like seen online comics where it, about trans people, where it's just like, you're too young to realize you're trans, and then they're growing up and they're just like, hey, I'm trans, and they're just like, no, you would have known it already. Yeah, I think that people realize at all different ages. There are people who realize it when they're 60, there are people who realize it when they're six. I think there's no one experience of that. I think it's so diverse. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot more to talk about. We hardly even scratched the surface. Libby, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, guys. I hope, I hope that you guys started something that next year's group continues. Steampunks from Highlander, please get your energy together and come nice and close. Uh, it is time to say peace out to the world. Peace, peace out. out. Peace out, world.